Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rejoice Bible Study, Pompano Beach. We're thrilled to have everybody here tonight and everybody. We have so many new people I've met. Praise the Lord. We're just praising the Lord for that. And we just ask that everybody grab a seat now and uh, we're going to stop socializing, which is difficult for some of us and for me especially. And uh, we're just going to ask the Lord to bless tonight and uh, continue to bring in all our people in as uh, the Lord does with the traffic on I-95 and everything. So we are just coming to you tonight, Lord, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we just give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. Thank you for all these people finding us. Thank you for the internet. Thank you that we can record this and it can be on the internet for anybody around the world to listen to it tomorrow afternoon. We just give you the praise and the glory. Lord, I ask that you would calm everybody's hearts and I ask that they would just put everything of all what they're having to deal with, with lawyers and, and husbands or wives saying one thing and, and they've believed another way all their life or many years of their marriage. Lord, we thank you for the couples that come in to work on their marriage together. We just give you the praise of restoration. And we just thank you for all of that. Lord, we ask that you would be with Eddie, one of our prayer intercessors for many years, who was in the hospital last year, um, week, very sick. And Lord, we thank you that he is home. We ask that you continue to heal his body totally, completely. We ask that you go to our chapel page and touch all the many other needs, people healing for cancer and many other diseases, and little babies being born. We need healing for the babies. Lord, we just ask that everyone would go to our website and get involved in all areas to help be a prayer intercessor. As we pray for marriages, we pray for our families like a family. Lord, we just ask that you would open the standards and the ears that are here tonight, we just ask that you open each of our ears. We ask that you would uh, soften our heart to receive the message that we can plant seeds and that they will grow and it will be fruitful. And we just give you the praise. Lord, we want to worship you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and we thank you for this month. We thank you that February represents another reason why we pray so earnestly for our husbands and our wives and our children all to be back together again. And we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we're just excited to have you since we're a little late starting and we've got a full house. We're gonna stand up and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with two songs.
seated. I'm Lori. For those of you that I have not had the chance to meet, I'm Bob and Charlene's daughter. And um, let me extend my welcome. We're glad that you're here with us at Rejoice Pompano. I know we have a lot of new faces. If this is your first time, I don't want to embarrass you, but will you just wave if it's your first time? Okay, now look around if you usually come at all the new faces. So if you've been here before, find a new person tonight, please, and talk to them and make them feel welcome. But we're glad you're here. I know some of you came from Dade, some came from West Palm, some came from the middle of the state. So we're glad wherever you drove from that you're here and we're happy to have you. Um, who has an anniversary or a birthday this month in the month of love in February? Look at all those. Okay, we're going to start up here. And we'll go back. So if it's your birthday or anniversary, tell us when it is. You don't have to tell us how old you are, though. You can keep that to yourself. <laughs> okay, Elizabeth, we'll go with you first. Okay, both. When is it? Well, happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, who else was on this side? Okay. Oh, is it your birthday or anniversary? Birthday. Okay, happy birthday. When is it? Okay. And it's birthday, right, Hernando? Yes. Okay. Who else? Okay, in the way back? Okay, happy anniversary, Beatrice. Anniversary today. What better place to be than here? <laughs> okay, Miranda, did you have your hand up? Oh, your husband's. Okay, great. Okay, that's it for this side, right? Anybody else I missed? Okay, Beverly's in the back. Okay, February 19th is Beverly's anniversary. Okay, this side, starting at the front. Okay, go ahead. Oh, you share with Beverly. Okay, that's a good date. Okay, who else was on this side? Birthday and anniversary. Okay, Isabel. Happy birthday. And then the way back. Okay, well, happy birthday and happy anniversary. Did I get everybody? Oh, one more. Happy birthday. <laughs> I would lead us in a song if I could sing, but I can't, so I make a joyful noise. <laughs> well, happy birthday and happy anniversary to those of you, and our gift to you is a product from the bookstore table, so the bookstore table is open afterwards. You can go grab a CD or book of your choice, and that is our present to you, and for the rest of you that don't have a birthday or anniversary, it's still open to you, but... <laughs> You can shop back there. We have um, a good selection of the books and CDs that we have, and they're $5 at Bible Study. So they're discounted while you're here. And Valentine's Day is coming up, February 14th. Does that make anybody anxious? A little bit anxious? Okay. You can't walk in anywhere, Walgreens, CVS, Target, without having the, you know, red hearts all over the place. Um, but, you know, even if your spouse is not home, a lot of you have children. How many of you have children that are at home, whether they're adult children or young children at home? Okay, so great majority of you. And you know what? I'm just going to give you a little tip because it's important to make Valentine's Day special for them. Even when you're feeling like, you know, I'm not really feeling the Valentine's Day thing right now, it's important to make it special for them because they need to feel our love, and sometimes we can get wrapped up in what's happening in our life and kind of forget the way the kids feel. So one thing I did last year, I found it, I think, on Pinterest, and I put on my kid's door while they were at school, I love you because, and it was a sign, and then I put like 10 strips each for each child of 10 different reasons that I love them. So when they came home from school, 
they had this little love note on their door from me, and they kept it up for quite a while, which I thought was neat because I thought they would kind of take it down right away. But that's one idea. And there's a lot of things. You guys could go on Pinterest if you were on that website, and there's ideas. You can even just write a letter to your children. You know, teenage children or older children would appreciate it probably a little more than a four or five year old, but tell them what you love about them because we appreciate things about other people so often, but we forget to verbalize it and tell them, you know, I appreciate when you take the trash out without me asking, or I appreciate when you obey me the first time. So anyhow, think about your kids right now with Valentine's Day and I challenge you to um, just come up with an original idea to let them know how you love and appreciate them, all right? And we're going to go into prayer circles. For those of you that are new, we're going to just take a couple minutes out and just grab one or two people and pray with them. Um, Men, you can either pray with your wives if you're with your wife, or if you want to get together, there's a few men scattered around, and you guys can all gather. Maybe I'll make this the man area. So if you guys want to connect, because I know you guys love each other. We love our men here at Rejoice Pompano. Um, And you can come up here and pray. And just grab one or two people, and you can, don't even waste time saying what your prayer request is. Just pray for yourself, whatever is most urgent on your heart right now. And then I'll close in prayer, and then we will continue on in our night. So just take a minute and grab one or two people, and we'll have the time of prayer.
God, as we close out this time of prayer, Lord, I thank you for the gift of prayer. I thank you that we can have direct access to you and to your throne room and that you hear our prayers. Lord, I know that the utterings of those that have been praying are music to your ear tonight, God, and you know what each and every need is in this room. You know those that are coming in and they're rejoicing because they've seen movement in their stand, and you know those that have come in and they're broken because they can't understand why their spouse has walked away and they don't understand why um, a divorce is being pursued. God, you know those that are that are grieving because they've lost somebody they love. Lord, you know our heart. You know what our needs are, and we thank you for hearing those needs, God. I pray right now that as we go into the message that you would just settle each of our hearts. I pray that you would clear our minds so that we can receive the word that you have, and I just pray that right now you would um, just empower each of us in our life to be able to take a stand. Lord, your word is clear. Your word tells us what we are to do and how we are to live, and I thank you for that word, and I pray that you would just help each of us to be able to obey your word and to live it out. God, be with each man and woman that's in this room now, and I pray for their family. I pray for their prodigal that they are praying for right now, whether they're in home or whether they're away, they're in another country, or a prodigal they've not even heard from in a while, God. I just pray that right now you would just um, prick that prodigal's heart, Lord, and I just pray that they would they would just feel a sense from you that something is unsettled in their life, God, and that they would have a desire to come back to this family and to this marriage. Lord, I pray for the children that are affected by this divorce and, and separation and by the marriage problems, and Lord, I pray that you would protect those children. I pray that you would protect their hearts and their minds, and Lord, for the older children that are teenagers and that have a better understanding of what's going on, I just pray that you would um, keep them pure, Lord, as they're seeing things happen in their family that that is not the way you would have it be, God. I just pray that they would be prayer warriors with their mom or their dad, and Lord, I just pray that through these trials that each of us face in our lives, that you would be glorified, that you would use these trials, Lord, for um, to bring glory to yourself, and God, we know that you did not promise that we would live on this earth that is sin-ridden and be free from sin and pain, and I just pray that you would help each of us to understand that and to be able to um, seek you and to give you glory and praise for it, Lord. Through our trials, you can be um, made higher, and I just pray that we would be willing to do that in our life, Lord. Be with us now as we hear the message, and may it be a um, message that just speaks to each of us. In your name, amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we want to, uh, I'm not going to tell a long story, but while everybody's getting in their seat, pray for Lori and her daughter Ashley and her husband Scott because they leave in mid-February and go to Columbus, Ohio for Ashley to have another surgery uh, regarding her bowels. So if you, uh, anybody ever sees anything, um, remember Ashley because she is nine years old and has had many surgeries. And if you've read too many devotionals, you may, or, uh, may have read or heard about it. But we need to pray for Lori, and they're going to go up uh, not only once to Columbus, but they come back home after two a uh, week, and then they have to go back in two weeks, and she gets a second surgery to put in the 
the instrument that's supposed to help her if it works. It's an experimental trial, and Lori should have explained it because I'm not doing well, but pray for Lori and Ashley and Scott as they go through another surgery for Ashley, who was born with a rare degenerative disc problem that affects her, um, her bowels and uh, her, uh, every, all the lower parts of the body. So anyway, we're, she's walking. The miracle is she's walking. The miracle is she's having this done. It's a long story, but we'll put it on the website if uh, you want to hear about it. God's amazing, powerful love never fails. God's amazing, powerful love never fails. I want you to believe that. I want you to turn to John 3.16 because we have many new people here tonight when I am just giving you the praise God, the praise and the glory and honor for how they found us and they came and they drove the distance, many of them to come. And uh, it's easy to drive five or 10 minutes to church. It's easy to drive 15 minutes, but it's, it's a lot harder when you have to drive an hour or two or three. And we just give God the praise and glory for who he brings from a distance. And we're really thankful for that. And uh, we have even people that come from a distance, like Orlando area or even difference, and they bring friends. So God, it's good, you know, because this is a message that we need to share to everybody in, in the world that God heals hurting and dead marriages. It doesn't matter if you're divorced and it's dead, dead, dead. Because I'm living proof that I did not even know about standing or know about praying or know about fighting for the marriage till after I filed for divorce and after I allowed anger, bitterness, and hatred to come into my heart for what Bob was doing. And I ended up divorcing Bob with everybody agreeing with me, including my pastor. So I want you to understand we're going by the book, and we're going that God hates divorce, so I found out God showed me by bringing a couple to my church, and it's history afterwards, because they had a restored marriage, and she prayed for five years, praying and fasting, and crying out every time he went out for the night, or went out and came back in drunk, or whatever, and he was abusive, as Bob was abusive in anger issues. And you know what? She said, I'm not going to give up on God because God told me never to give up on him. And I, the Lord just in that service said, you gave up on God. You gave up on God. You gave up on me to do anything as you didn't come to me. You just walked the walk of what the world did. And the Lord says, I want you to pray and fast for your husband. And I want you to realize you're married. I don't care what that paper at the courthouse says. God says you're married till death do you part. So anyway, people, I'm, you're at the right place if you've got marriage problems. For I want you to know that that candy there is to remind you that you are loved by the Lord and by us. And you may not get candy from your spouse, but you got candy the second day of February to say we love you. And John... Three says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world 
to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So regardless of where your spouse is spiritually right this second, it does not matter. It matters that the Lord loves you. He died on the cross for all sinners. He came to seek and to save the lost, and he is out to do that, which includes your spouse, your loved ones, your moms and dads, aunts, uncles, and cousins. My heart's desire tonight is that you're going to walk into this room and know 100% that the Lord has called you to stand and that you're going to choose. It's a decision to fight for your one flesh, your, your one flesh spouse, your marriage. You're going to fight. You're going to fight in the spiritual realm, and you're going to learn how to do that. But regardless of your circumstances, you're going to believe that nothing, nothing is too hard for God. You're going to pray that the Lord is going to do a mighty work and not give up on the circumstances. Let me pray for just a second. Lord, I just pray right now you would anoint me to speak with every word you want me to say. I pray you would be the teacher. I pray that the Holy Spirit will open their ears. I pray you would uh, have scriptures leap off the page to them tonight. I pray that they will be very receptive. I pray all the lies of the enemy, that the enemy has spoken to them, be removed in the name of Jesus. And I pray that what you want to say to them, what you want to speak to them tonight, you will speak it so very loudly and clear that they know that they know they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the friend that brought them or the, or the um, family member that brought them or they came by themselves, which is so incredible because it's so hard to walk in a room where you don't know anybody and you're by yourself and you know no one. Father, you're right there with them. It says you are, in Isaiah, you are spouses, our spouse, our husband for the season. So Lord, the Lord is right there with you. And we just ask that you will be our, our refuge, our fortress. You'll be our husband, our best friend, and you will be our healer and deliverer. And we just give you the praise. We give you the glory and honor what you're going to do tonight in hearts and lives here. But most of all, Lord, what you're going to do in hearts and lives around the world, touching the prodigal spouses. And Lord, I must mention, because I'm going to talk about it tonight, I talk about the in-home prodigals, the husbands or the wives that are home or they've never left home, but they're not happy, and everybody knows they're not happy. So Lord, we're going to talk about them because they're very special because it's much easier to restore a marriage with them together than it is when we have to pray them home first. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm just thrilled that we are going to do this tonight, but I'm going to um, give you, we have so many new people here tonight, and I'm so excited for what we're going to do right now. For the next few minutes, I'm going to share two things that we usually share at conferences, and we've shared them here uh, or at the forum where we were at, and I'm going to um, share uh, two songs because I want to get your hearts to understand that there are two singing groups, the Casting Crowns and Chris August, who has written two songs that you may not have heard, but I write them down, and may I suggest you listen to them on YouTube 
or find them and print out the lyrics and may they encourage you. Because you know what? We're in a world that divorce is very common. We're in a world that separation is very common. We're, we're in churches where divorce has come in and divorce recovery is, is there. And we want to say that, that Casting Crowns wrote a song. It's called Broken Pieces. And you know what? Bob and I were broken pieces. When we got married, we both had baggage. And you've got baggage when you get married. You just don't know it because we're so young and naive and nobody tells us. And, and we may have come for a broken family of divorce or our parents, one of our parents may have died, or one of the parents or a family member abused you. We all have been wounded and hurt. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter about the, broke, about the past. It matters that we pray for you to be healed of your wounding. If you've had an abortion, if you are needing healing for that, it doesn't matter the circumstance. Our Lord God can do anything of healing of your wounded heart, but he also can touch you and your husband or wife and heal their wounded past, all their baggage. I just want you to visualize all the kids' knapsacks and, and bags that they have when they go to school are on their back. Well, guess what? Put them all on the front and you try to hug your wife, you try to hug your husband, and guess what? You can't even hardly reach them and the devil comes in with that baggage to cause separation. And then it ends up to be problems in your marriage. And we're saying to you, the world is now waking up The divorce is not the answer. And the world is now, we had two men. We've had fireproof. We've had a lot of things where God is saying, here's my what I want you to do, but we haven't yet got it 100%. And so I want the new people and us to understand, I want you to know that regardless of the broken pieces, God wants to restore your marriage, but you have to make a commitment. You have to sell out to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to have him be in the driver's seat. And we're not going to talk all about that tonight, but I want you right now, at the beginning of February, to make this month be the most special month for you to get praying even more than Thanksgiving, more than Christmas, to pray for your husband or wife the month of love. Because there's no greater sacrifice than you and I can do than is to pray. And it is the hardest thing and the most difficult thing to do because the enemy uses one word to have you stop doing it, being too busy or too tired or excuses. Those are three words. I expanded it. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know I knew I expanded it. But the busyness, I hear that the most. I don't have time. Or I get too tired. But I want you to listen to these songs. And if you're new, these songs are for you tonight as a gift from God for this month, that the Lord believes in restoration. What he has put together, let man not separate. One 
do you think about when you look at me? I know we're not the fairy tale you dreamed we'd be. You wore the veil, you walked the aisle, you took my hand. We dove into a mystery How I wish we could go back to simpler times Before all our scars and all our secrets were in the light on this hallowed ground we've drawn the battle lines and Will we make it through the night? It's gonna take much more than promises this time Only God can change our minds Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete just be broken together If you can bring your shattered dreams And I'll bring mine Can healing still be spoken And save us The only way will last forever Is broken together Only way will 
Nobody's growing old together. We've made it easy just to quit. Love has become a negative percentage. Why do we bother to commit? We've got a long list of excuses, ways we try to justify. Well, I propose to you the truth is, marriage does not have to die. I know you're feeling like it's falling apart, and it can't go on anymore. But God is a God who knows how to heal, so just give. He said, with this ring, I promise. And with I do, she said, forever. But right now, if they're being honest, they don't know if they'll stay together. Fast forward to the future After struggling on their own They finally figured out they needed Jesus in the middle Now I'm watching God rebuild their home Was before. Was 
Praise the Lord. Now, I would have been sobbing if I would be in that seat, so. But I'm up here, so uh, I've already sobbed uh, when I was listening to these last night because I saw the older person there, and I just thought, oh, dear Lord, I do miss Bob. And he would love to be here. He would be thrilled to have all the men. And uh, he, Friday night, we got to, uh, Tim and I got to go and speak at a church and, uh, and share to couples about marriage restoration, about our testimony, that, you know what, stay together. No matter what's going on, stay together, because God can rebuild and restore and heal whatever's going on in your marriage. And when you get back together, it's a process of marriage restoration. But don't give up on your marriage. It just don't give up. And uh, so I just was so excited Friday night. And I just pray that you will just pray that you'll be a lighthouse to the, everybody around you. But I pray that you understand that God sees the broken pieces. It's broken together. That, that you two were a puzzle put together like Humpty Dumpty, and it has fallen apart. But guess what? God, as we talked about it a few months ago, is a great potter in Jeremiah 18. And he can take that clay, and he will remold you both to be all that God wants you to be. But right now, you're responsible for one person. Me, me, and me. You, you, and you. And I know you would love to tell your husband or wife all what's wrong with them, but may I say, I did that. That's why I filed for a divorce. I had the uh, I, audacity to think it was all about Bob and not about me. I thought I was the perfect Christian woman, and I was walking with this halo over my head, and the Lord turned the mirror on me in February, after our divorce in January, uh, February or March, and uh, showed me, because my heart was bleeding. I was dying with realizing our marriage is gone, and I've got three children that need their father. And the youngest was six years old, and the oldest was 16. So do you remember your wedding day? I want you to become a prayer warrior. I've been a prayer warrior for 28 years now, and I figured it out last night, and I go, wow, I don't feel that old. I might ache that old, but I don't feel that old in, uh, when I run around and do things. But anyway, I want you to decide tonight that you'll become the prayer warrior for your family, for your loved ones. That is my earnest desire for you. I want you to see the Lord moving in your life, in your marriage, every day by you praying and saying, Lord, I'm going to let go and let God, and I'm going to believe in the power of God to work on my husband or my wife and let the Lord deal with the difficult issues, with the difficult problems that you have. And we have them all, you know. We, our ministry has heard of everything, and we know about all the, the tricks and schemes that the devil uses. And he uses the same ones over and over 20 years ago, 40 years ago, or whatever. He uses the same things. So my heart's desire is that this month 
will be the month that you will take the challenge. And when you see a red heart or uh, candy or anything like that, you're going to say, this is the time I need to pray for my husband right now. Or it's going to be time I'm going to pray right now while I'm in the grocery store at Walgreens or wherever that I'm going to pray for my prodigal child. You're going to be reminded this month of what you don't have. And I'm saying we're going to pray to the Lord all how much we're going to pray more. More than we've ever prayed. More than Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're going to pray more. Because your Lord can move mountains and touch hearts and transform hearts and lives. And they don't need us to tell them what's wrong with them. We need to understand that I wanted to be the Holy Spirit and tell them all the issues of what they did wrong. Do you know if you will pray all those things that are wrong and say, Lord, change me first and make me to be the wife that I need to be, the godly woman that I need to be to my husband, and we will then say, Lord, here's the list I'd like to give you about my husband or wife, and you will pray all what's wrong with them, but give it to the Lord and keep saying, this is what I see. So will you transform them to be all that you want them to be, to be my husband, my wife, and the father and mother in my home, in our home? We need to ask. In Matthew 7, it says you have to seek, ask, seek, and knock. In fact, we've got new women and new men here tonight so let me just flip to it real quick so that we know where it's at. Because if we don't know, it's Matthew 7. It's an important principle that you must do. Ask and it will be given to you. That's a promise. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be open. Which one of you would ask his son, which one of you, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts in your, to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? What is the secret? Asking, seeking, knocking. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And I will just go on a little bit further to 13, and it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Do you remember your wedding day? Do you have a picture in your home right now where it is displayed in the house so everybody can see it, including the husband or the wife? Let me see your heads, guys. Do I see yes or I always see no? Okay, you're going to get one out if you don't. I took mine down. In fact, I think I might have. I don't even remember in my anger what I did, but I think I tore up a couple. 
Uh, but I, I mean, I know you haven't done anything like that. You wouldn't be as bad as me. But I know somebody might have, just maybe one. But anyway, I want to tell you that is not the way Jesus wants us to love our husbands and our wives. So I would suggest that you put up your pictures to remind you what we did on our wedding day. I want you to remember your wedding vows. I want you, if February, let us talk about our wedding vows because it says, I'm going to pretend Bob and I are getting married again, and this is what we probably said. Will you, Bob and Charlene, take um, your husband or wife to having to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, for richer and poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish from this day forward until death do us part. I believe most of you said that. Do I get a shake of the head? Yes. Okay, we agree unanimously. We said those words. Did we understand those words? Possibly we didn't understand it as well as we do now. Because then we were floating to the altar. We were floating to the church. We were floating to the beach or floating to a mountain wherever you got married or maybe even in the courthouse. It doesn't matter. God was with you. And he was right there if you knew the Lord or if you didn't know the Lord. Because God created a husband. He created Eve. And he says, let man put us together. And he had said, and be fruitful and multiply. So if you did, you exchange wedding rings. Most of us wear wedding rings. Not all the men do, but most of them do. Many of them do if they don't have to work outside or something. And it says, let me remind you what the ring vows were. I give you this ring as a symbol of my love and faithfulness as I place it on your finger. I commit my heart and soul to you. And I ask you to wear this ring as a reminder of the wedding vow, of the vows we have spoken today on our wedding day. That's why I put my wedding ring back on and I said, I'm married. The Lord revealed it to me so strongly at that Sunday service. And that's why I say, put them on so it keeps the men and women who are out there waiting to, even if you're married, they will still attack you or try to take you and flirt with you and tempt you to fall in sin. They have no scruples. The enemy does not want you to sin any time, any day. They are out to, God, Satan is out, as John 10, 10 says, the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come to give us life abundantly. And so we've got to pray for that so very strongly. We need to realize what the enemy's tricks and schemes are. So as you re read the commitments and the vows and you listen to them, then I pray that it stirred to you to remember your wedding day. And most of you can say, I really, really miss my husband or wife. I really want our marriage to work. We've got couples here.
And we always usually have couples here. Fabian's missing tonight, guys, because his nephew uh, died suddenly in bed with his uh, sister's son in uh, New York. So he had to fly up there and be with them. He was uh, in his 30s. We need to know that we know that our children know the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to know that we know that you and I or your husband and wife do not have a guarantee of how many years we're going to live. And we need to know that all our loved ones know the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's one prayer that we need to pray regularly for all our loved ones to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So will you choose to be an overcomer? And will you choose tonight to say, I am not going to let the devil defeat me this new year, and I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to come, and we're going to have to rebuild our marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And that is why we say, couples, when your marriage is in hurting, come now. If your marriage has fallen apart and you just got back together again, Come here. That's what Luz and Fabian did for four years. They've done it. They've been faithful. And Luz was off and on coming here 13 years, waiting for him to come home. And she took a couple of detour roads with marriages. But we try to say, listen to Luz, what she did, now don't do that. <laughs> you never win when you sin. Yeah, that, that is a true word. You will never win when you sin. Lord, Lord that is a sticky. So you can write that down, because I won't say it again. But are you going through circumstances? Are you going through a fire of circumstances right now? If you got court papers, that's going to do it. If you have, uh, I can, financial problems, you name it, if it's drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. I want us to turn to Isaiah 43, and it says, and I'm just going to start reading it because i got a lot of scriptures to hit in a few minutes, but it says in verse 1, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then in verse 18, it says, Do you not remember? Do not. This is an instruction. It's another principle. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Push delete on your computer. On your mind, push delete every day of the past. Because I didn't. 19 years of off and on marriage problems, good days, good years, awesome years. Serve the Lord in the middle of it. He was called into ministry. We had an awesome time. But the days and the weeks that were bad, they were bad. And you know what? I had a record. And when Bob did something that wasn't good or we had a fight, you know what I did? I went to the garbage and I threw it all back on him. 
And he said, I, and, and he said afterwards, I had asked for forgiveness, I had repented, and you agreed, and now you've brought it all back up again. When are we going to forget it? When are we going to bury it? To the devil is, is, is getting the glory on this. And that is what made me divorce Bob. Me not forgiving. And Matthew, it says, Matthew 18, how many times do we forgive? And dear new people, 70 times 7. And it means 470 times, 90 times a day. It is over and over and over. What? It's over and over and over again. You are to f each day. So the forgiveness is huge part of marriage restoration. And I want you to understand that the Lord knows your heart. He knows that they keep maybe making the same mistake one month, two months, two years later. But that's the Lord. We have got to go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, here's what's happening. Now what do I do? And he says in verse 25, I, even I, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. We've got to understand the Lord is wanting to forgive. And he wants us, like in Psalm 51, or Psalm 32, where that David had committed adultery. David had murdered uh, the other husband. And you know what? It, guess what? He was forgiven and used mightily by God. Mightily. And that is saying to us, don't let anything defeat you by what they're doing now. But seek the Lord and say, Lord, Walk me through this fire, and Lord, I pray you will be the potter, and you will mold me and make me into a new vase. You'll make them into a new vase. And you can only become an overcomer by the power of the Holy Spirit. My uh, pastor was talking about overcoming uh, this last weekend, about going into the ministry, or if you have a call in your life for helping in the church, that often that you get scared to do it. And he said that so many times we have to overcome our insecurities to the future. And I thought, whoa, that is us. You all have insecurities of not knowing what the future is. When we have a husband or wife beside us, we don't worry about the tomorrows. But when we're by ourselves, the enemy wants to have us worry and get fear and allow the fear to come in and give us fear each and every day of what might happen or what is going to go on in our lives. The devil is using fear to paralyze us. Are you being paralyzed by the circumstances? by your circumstances. And that is where I'm asking you to really turn to the Lord and ask him to remove the fear, the doubt, the unbelief, because the enemy is defeated and we need to walk in fear. The Lord says, 
I have given you love, power, and a sound mind, a sound mind, and fear to be gone. You are to walk in faith and, and not have that. Now, I talked about it earlier, but if you have an in-house husband or wife that you are working on your marriage, um, you've never left, or you've been coming and going, or you've had marriage problems off and on, um, if you have just come home and you're starting the process of marriage restoration and you're hearing this on the internet, I just praise the Lord. If your husband or wife is saying, I'm not happy, and they're starting to give you hints and threats of what they're going to do, you're in the perfect place because this is what we're going to do. We're going to fight for your marriage before they ever walk out the house. And we're going to ask the Lord to block they're moving out, or we're going to ask the ones that are thinking of leaving to stay and work on their marriage. We're going to ask the Lord to delay it and to block it. Let's turn to 1 Peter 3, and we're going to start with that tonight because we have many people that have, right now, have spouses that do not believe the Lord, husbands or wives, but this one is specifically is for the wives. And I'm going to use this first because there's so many wives that are possibly unequally yoked. They never, they may have gotten, you may have accepted the Lord after you got married. You both may have gotten married and you never knew the Lord. And then you've accepted the Lord. So the, it, the God did not have you or your husband come to know the Lord and all of a sudden say, whoops. We've got a problem. We're not equally yoked. No, God was right there when you got married, and you're married for life, okay? But the wives are instructions in here tell you what to do. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words. Without words, dear standers, women, Without words, I know that might be hard, but remember Charlene's CD, Zip the Lips, because they do not need the lecture from you. They do not need you yelling and screaming at them. Without the words, but by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wet wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, the beauty is supposed to be inside. It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah. How often do we say yes sir, yes sir, yes sir to our bosses? But we walk in that home and, and turn on and start to cook dinner or pick up the kids and head home and your husband can ask you a question and man, you can just be a short and say I've had a bad day or I'm tired or whatever and you bit their head off and they said, welcome home. Now, I know y'all didn't do that, but I'm trying to get you to visualize reality. We need to say, Lord, my husband's had a bad day. I've had a bad day working 
May we both be considerate and loving toward each other. And may we be a good example for our children that they don't see us fighting. Because if the pastor was walking behind us or was coming up to the, we were in the house and a, a pastor or a close friend of yours happened to come up and knock on the door, your tone, your attitude, your behavior changed instantly. What is that? We're, as a husband and a wife and our children, we should treat them more royally and right than the stranger down the street because they are our flesh and blood and we're not doing that. We're treating our husbands and our wives and our children worse than we treat our best friend or somebody at church and we need to get back to loving and being submissive. I'm not gonna go down that road but I will say Ephesians says husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church, washing her with cleansing her with the washing of the word. I'm going to flip to it exactly. Verse uh, Ephesians 6:25, 5:25. Sorry. And it says, "Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy." cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then I skip down to verse 31. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and two will become one flesh. Skip down to 33. It says, however, each one of you almost love his wife as he loves himself, and then this is the secret. And the wife must respect her husband. And may I challenge you, we have no idea, women, how much respect is important to a husband. It's mammoth. It is huge. We did, a talk, we did a teaching on it with love and respect last year um, with a video series, and it had us all crying because we did not know how to respect our husbands. We didn't know. That, so that's how they feel love. That's how they feel love. And if we don't respect them, we've got to understand we're making a big mistake. So it says... For this is, the, verse 5, for this, and I'm back in 1 Peter 3, for this is the very way the holy women in the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called her her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. We don't want to walk in fear about with our spouse's home. We need to pray, Lord, remove the anger, remove the abuse, remove everything that's not of you. Cleanse this house from any and all impurities, Father. Lord, anoint the house. When everybody's gone, anoint the house and say, Holy Spirit, come on in and cleanse this house from any and all things that's not of you. But verse 7 says very clearly, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. 
we need to understand there's consequences when we do not live a Christ-like life, and we have to repent, and we have to turn from our wicked ways. That's including you and I. I, I thought it was all Bob. The Lord opened my eyes very quickly and told me it was not. We need to, uh, in Colossians chapter 3, we have to strive, and I think I told you to read Colossians last month, but we need to put to death, therefore, in verse 5, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, and I'm going to read them, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. I am asking you to pray. Go into Colossians 3 and ask the Lord to put to death and remove all of the earthly nature from both of you from your children, from, from your family members. And do not lie to each other. The lying spirit, pray against it. Because devil is the one that deceived Eve. And you know what? Adam stood there and he never said stop. God told us not to do that. He never said a word. And we men need to rise up and we need to pray. You men are the secret to rising up and praying and getting our homes to be all that they need to be. We women need to take the position of being the head of the homes and say, husbands, please. And the men that are here are wanting to pray for their husbands and wives. They're, they're standing in the gap for their wives and praying for them to surrender to them to say to come back home. Let me come back home. Because whatever mistakes I made, they made a mistake by giving up and not forgiving and not trying again. Everyone that doesn't try and keep trying is not following the word because we need to forgive over and over and over again. Remember, in, in 2 Peter, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm just going to read verses 2 to 10. I want you to understand the power of God. The power of God. It is amazing. And once you start reading the word and believing, and he answers one or two or three prayers, or he directs your steps, I want to tell you, you will get excited because you know that you know God is real. And he hears our prayers. He answers our prayers. He's guiding us. But you have to get out of the driver's seat, people. We have to surrender our heart, our life, to the Lord's will and way. And it's not going to be your will and way. It's going to be, Lord, what do you want me to do? How direct my steps. Every day, say, Lord, I surrender my life in this day to you. Lord, direct my steps and show me your will and way. Verse 2 says, grace and peace. And this was Peter, who was apostle. You remember uh, Peter in the, in the New Testament 
And he denied his Lord uh, three times. Do you remember that? Um, well, I don't want to be compared to Peter because I don't know how many times I did deny my Lord when I divorced Bob because I really failed there. But so you and I both have been probably Peter once, similar to that, by not turning and, and admitting that he's the Lord of our lives. Grace and peace be to yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Jesus, our Lord. Can you understand God's grace and mercy for restoration of our marriages? God's grace and mercy forgives you and me and your spouse of all their sins. Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross, and he said, I've died for all the sinners. I've died for you, and I've died for your all sinners. God sent him to be the sacrifice, the lamb. And we have got to remember that so that we do not judge and criticize and condemn our husband or wife to others. Or our children say bad things about them about your, the father or mother that's missing. We have got to cover their nakedness. We need to work on the marriage while we're together at home. And if you lose it, you blow it, then you say privately, go in the bedroom and say, Lord, forgive me. I've lost it again. And then tell the kids you're wrong, and then tell your husband or wife you're wrong. And start all over. You know, Luz and Fabian just got their CD out, and I don't even have the name of it uh, memorized yet, um, so I don't have one here. But they just did a CD that talks with me interviewing them, asking them questions about their four years being restored, the ups and downs that they had. And they both had him. And like, like Fabian said, he was ready to leave. Uh, Fabian left, he was like Bob, 19 times in 19 years. He just left, he got her pregnant, and they had five children, and he kept going and coming. But he was tempted to live in sin and gambling, alcohol or drugs. And he t he's talked here. He's talked in, in, in Texas. But we've got to understand that whoever comes home and how you get home, it doesn't matter. We've had many husbands and wives in this, in this room and in our rooms in the years past. We have many, many restored marriages. There's one almost every week, every month in our newsletter. God is restoring marriages. But we have to fight for them. We have to pray. And we have to get rid of the time, the word time, because it doesn't exist in God's it doesn't exist for God. He is, he's so gracious. He's not taken us home and left all the ones that don't know the Lord here, right? But it says, And his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, which is virtue. Though he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, every one of us can tell 
And you all know of another woman or another man that's been tempted to give up standing, give up praying, give up on their marriage by the temptation of the world. Do you not? If not, I know more than enough that have given up. It's just, it, I just, I just can't do it. So I always warn them, and I say, if you give up, the temptation, the problem that may happen is that your walk with the Lord is going to go downhill because you're not living, what, doing the Lord's will, perfect will and way. So beware of that. It's because the evil desires are the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the world's way of life. So we have to realize what the devil is going to do to tempt us to give up. And it says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to your brotherly kindness love. Love. God's love. God's amazing, powerful love. God loves you so much tonight that he doesn't want you to give up on your marriage. God loves you so much he doesn't want to give up on your kids of what they're doing right now that they can straighten out. God loves us that he wants us to see the good in everybody and not the bad in everybody. For this very reason, it says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive, which means unfruitful, in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Well, I don't want to forget. I know what I've done, and I don't want... Uh, that he's forgotten, that I, I never want to forget where I've been and where I am today. Do you remember when you weren't saved? Do you remember when you weren't living a Christ-like life, when you were saying you, were, you still hadn't grown in the Lord? All of us can remember, and we did some things we weren't very proud of. So we need to say, Lord, I don't want to be ineffective. I want to radiate you wherever I go, at work, at play, that I don't have to say, whoops, I wonder who is watching me. And they're going to say, I know her. And she said she's a believer. He's a believer. I wonder why he's doing what he's doing. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. You will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Understand, Satan uses sin to deceive us and your spouse and to entice us in whatever way he can. And he then, after he has tempted one of us, he then enslaves us into bondage. Is that not true? Does that explain sin? And you know what? We want to break off the shackles. 
We want to break off the chains. We want our spouses and our loved ones and me and all of you to be, have our eyes open to the Lord's will and way and to the truth that, you know what? I know men are saying, my wife's heart is so hard. They won't forgive me. They, 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 won't even, they have another person. Well, let's pray away the other person. Pray away. Not bad things to happen to them, but pray away those other people who have, have fallen into sin and that they think they should even be dating or going or being involved or living with, the, with a, a woman or a man that have already been married once. You know, they, they're, who wants damaged goods? I'd want, a, I'd want a husband if I was. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not going down that road. I don't have time to go down that road. But I just want to see if you're awake. But the point is, you, God has somebody so much better for that person. And it's not our spouses. Is that true? Okay. So take back what the enemy is stealing and say, Lord, I prayed for their blessings on them to get out of there and to re remove the attachment and break off the chains of them and have them find somebody else. Remove. I pray blessings on that person to leave. In fact, I just, I'm not going to tell you the details, but I just had a woman call and tell me the story that happened to her through a crisis, and the girlfriend called her up in the middle of the night and said, your husband has gone crazy. I think he's going to go commit suicide. And I've called the police, and I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> when it gets difficult, they don't want it. They don't want him. They want everything but. And I'm telling you, Bob called me numerous times and said, I made a mess of my life, and you know what? I think exiting out would be the easiest way. And I said, in the end, yes. And the devil says, great, I got one gone that was going to serve the Lord and be used and write 19 books and help people say, don't do what I did, but do what the opposite. That's what the devil wanted him to destroy his life. You need to pray for yourself of oppression, depression, heaviness, and you need to pray for your spouse that the circumstances that they're all in, that they will not run to the enemy's tricks and schemes. We need to understand that there are flesh and blood they need us to pray and to love them and to touch them as much as we can. We had a lady that had been, has had a long stand just recently, this last week also. I'm not telling you times, locations, or any places, or but others. She's had a long stand, and she saw her husband this weekend. He wanted to see her because she was moving out of the area. And she asked him a question and said, I don't understand why you really left. And he says, well, let me come and explain it to you. And she had not seen him in years, two times in the last umpteen years. And 
God did a miracle. I said, God is speaking to him on the other side of that mountain. And I got to pray with her and, and, and celebrate that because of her leaving, God has stirred up. They're selling their house and all the memories. You do not know what God is doing on the other side of your mountain. You do not know. And it can be a suddenly. And I want you to understand that our selfishness or your husband or wife's selfishness probably opened the door to what the devil wanted. <coughs> selfishness is, is, is not of God. Giving and loving and sharing and, and, and wanting to help other people is awesome. But we, a lot of husbands and wives are very selfish and self-centered, and that destroys our marriage because a lot of times the, the fathers or mothers leave, and when they leave, they didn't divorce one person. They divorced the whole family. I want you to know that is wrong. That's not God's will. And we got to pray for these little ones. They need both mom and dad there. Whether they see mommy and daddy once a week or twice a week or three times a week, they need a parent. Always. And we need to pray for them. That is why I pray that you will take the time and you will do more. Well, what is love? I have to do 1 Corinthians 13. But before I do that, and I've got about three or four minutes left, Ephesians 3 is my prayer for you tonight. In verse 16, this is a scripture that I talk about praying scriptures every day. I, in fact, on the website, it says under resources, personalized prayers, and then it's personalized prayers. And you can print out three, four, five pages of scriptures where you can put both you and your husband's name in them, and you can pray the word of God with your spouses and your name in it, and God's word will not return void. I can tell you stories of how Bob wrote his second book, and he wrote it on 1 Corinthians 13, and I prayed his name in that scripture for over two, three, four, five years. I and I still pray scriptures with, with your names and all my family members' names in it for, it to, for God to move in your hearts and lives. So I, this is one that I would suggest, and it says, and this is Paul, who is, was the one that wrote so many New Testament books, and if you haven't read all of his books, I would strongly suggest it this year. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians, oh, they're awesome, awesome books of the Bible, First and Second Corinthians. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God's glorious riches, okay, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. Your inner being is, is what you need to grow in faith and increase your faith, hope, and trust in the Lord so that Christ may dwell in your heart. We want the Holy Spirit to dwell in each and every one of your hearts, your children's hearts, and your spouse's heart. That is, so why shouldn't we pray for that? And it says, through faith, 
And then I pray that you will be rooted. And I want you to imagine, if some of you are gardeners or some of you uh, love trees or the outside flowers, imagine a tree about this tall and how that you dig a hole deep because you want the roots to go down and be solid. So when we have a rainstorm like last night, or we have wind come like we've had it recently, it is not going to be toppled over. You want this tree to be built up. And I've got black olive trees, and we've lived in our house over 45 years now. And I've got big trees around my house. Because they've been there since Bob and I built the house. When we moved into the house, where that we put the trees and they were small and now they've grown up and it says that you'll be rooted and established in love i don't know where you are with your love tank tonight but i want you to pray this scripture every day this week in fact i would suggest you pray this scripture every day this month because i want you to get thoroughly being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love surpasses knowledge. Surpasses knowledge. You can't imagine how much God loves you, loves your husband, loves your family, loves your church, loves all these different things. You have got to get the vision. You've got to imagine God's love. So much so that he died on the cross and held out his arms. I want you to get that love. I want you to get it in your heart, your mind, and get the vision of how much he loves you, that he will do anything to move the mountains to get you ready for your marriage to be all that it's supposed to be. He wants you to be a witness. He wants you to be a lighthouse. But he needs you first. It's not about your spouse. It's about you. And it says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, you may be filled with the fullness of God to the measure of the fullness of God. And now verse 20 is my favorite. This is the one that I love. I just throw out like candy because it's so good. Now to who him is able, who is able, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Get a Bible, get a concordance, get a reference Bible, and do a, a, an outline of these scriptures and cross-reference them into going deeper into reading other scriptures about this. It will explode in your heart and your mind. You've got to know the Lord in the love of he loves you. But I'm going to ask you at the end, where is your love tank right now? I know some of you are very angry and bitter and upset with your spouse's done and in us doing right this day. And we've got to say, Lord, please pour in forgiveness into my heart and life. You're the only one that can do it. So at the end, I'm going to say, how are you doing? How are you doing? I know that, that the enemy has hurt you and wounded you, but we're going to ask that we'll close with this. Because God wants you to love your spouse with agape love, unconditional love. Turn the cheek, go the extra mile. He knows what has been happening, but he is grace and God's mercy. 
is going to get you through it, and he's going to walk you through it personally. The Holy Spirit will be with you every second of the minute, every day. Because, and this is how I prayed. I'm not going to read the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13 because of time. We're going to start. And I did it this way. I said, Bob and Charlene are patient. Bob and Charlene are kind. And that's how you would pray it. And I would say, Lord, if I don't have love, I gain nothing, verse 3 says. So I pray that you would touch every one of our standards around the world. And I pray that you would touch both husband and wife, and they both will be patient. They both will be kind. They will not envy each other. We, they will not boast. They will not be proud. They will not be rude. They will not be self-seeking. They will not be easily angered. They will keep no record of wrongs. There's that delete button. They will keep no record of wrongs of today or yesterday. We can't bring it up anymore. And, and we will not, love does not delight in evil. It does not delight in evil. Psalm 97 verse 10 says, let those who love the Lord hate evil. Do you hate evil? Not the person. Do you hate the evil one? Do you hate what he has done and is doing in our world? Hate evil. That's what the Lord says we must do. It says, it always loved us a delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, because love never fails. And then jump to 13, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love or charity. But I want to tell you, that's the secret. That is the secret this month, that we're going to walk wherever we walk, and any red, anything red or white or candy or thing, we're going to pray more for our husband or our wife or our prodigal children, and we're going to say we are going to be different. We're, our prayers are going to be more powerful, more effective, because we're going to pray more, and we're going to choose to read uh, Charlene Cares every day. We're going to make that step. We're going to make that sacrifice, because if you don't read it, you, it, won't help. You won't, it won't help you. And read Monday and read Tuesdays, because those are, uh, one was a visitor, which was excellent, uh, that she wrote. And Bob's is tomorrow, and... I, I, I'm, I'm amazed how Bob wrote to so be so frank and honest to you standers because he was the prodigal and he had compassion for what he did. And he always says, are you doing this? Because he said, I can't imagine, Charlene, you giving up on me and letting me go to hell. You know, and that's what we don't want to do. So, Lord, we just praise you and thank you for tonight. We thank you for all the words and Lord, you are awesome, you are powerful, and you love us so much that love never fails. Lord, there are, love covers over a multitude of sins. Love is a weapon that we can use because when we pour on love, it, it, the enemy cannot fight against it because it's God's love. And Lord, we just pray that you will help us 
be the ones to love our children, love our spouses unconditionally with agape love and that you will pour it in us because there's many of us that have had an empty tank and we need to be filled up to full and you're the only one to do it. So we ask that you will touch each and every one of these standards in this circle and we ask that you will move around to every one of them and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to heal that wounded heart. I'm going to touch that crushed spirit. I'm going to say, I can help you on these circumstances. I can do anything. Nothing is too hard. I can do immeasurably more than you can even begin to ask or imagine. So Lord, I pray when they walk out of here that we will pick up this Bible and we'll read it every day as we will never increase our faith and hope and trust if we don't read it and apply it to our lives. It's a love letter to you. It's a love letter explaining. And Lord, there are so many marriages in the Bible that we can take examples from, like Jacob, who worked for 14 years to get Rachel and Leah to be his wives. Lord, time is not the issue, but it's obedience is the issue. The issue of we will surrender our hearts and lives to following you, picking up the cross, and following you no matter what road we go on and surrendering our heart and life. Lord, thank you for protecting our spouses. Thank you for bringing our spouses home when we least expect it. Lord, help us be ready. Help have the closets empty and help us to have our hearts, our lives, our mouths, our character our reputation to be all that it's supposed to be. Lord, prepare the men to be ready to move. Prepare the men to accept their wives back into their homes. Lord, we just pray for the men, which is much harder to stand and wait than for women. May you give them the grace, the mercy, and the strength to do it, and the perseverance and the tenacity. We pray this all in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.